Mr. Connor is a registered representative and managing principal with Connor Wealth Management. Securities offered through Commonwealth Financial Network, member FINRA, SIPC. Opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, its guests, and callers, and not those of WLVL, its management, staff, or sponsors. Nothing contained in this program should be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell a security. And if applicable, only after the prospectus has been read and understood by the customer. These decisions can only be made after consideration of an investor's investment objective and the investment suitability. And good morning, everybody. Today is Friday, June 16th, and I am joined in studio by the one, the only, the great Eric Connor from Connor Wealth Management. Good morning, Mr. Connor. How is things this morning? Good morning. How are you? I am well, thank you. Happy to be here. Happy to be doing what I'm doing. And I think we're both in the right place at the right time. We are. I, I managed to arrive a few minutes early, so that's always uh, less stressful on both you and I. So that was good. <laughs> well, I saw you pull in the parking lot while I was out there doing a real-time weather check. Wink, wink, wink. And... Uh, <laughs> said, uh-oh, maybe I better get in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're thinking, yeah, so, wait, am I running late? Yeah. Like, nope, nope, I'm actually early today. Yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. There is hope for all of us, isn't there? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, the cloudy, gloomy day that we're starting out, we'll have sunshine before the end of the day. Not that this is a 45-minute weather report, but we'll have sunshine by the end of the day. We'll just have a weird start with bouts of rain, and then it'll be better. That's so, what I'm thinking, yeah. So that's fine. And, and I'm happy to get it over with in the morning. Absolutely. I really am, you know, because we have all of our weekend activities coming up. You know, the fun and games begin at 7. So as long as it's nice and sunny by then, happy, happy. Yeah, yeah. It it looks uh, looks like we're lining up for a great weekend. Uh, happy Father's Day to everyone out there. And uh, I was going to try to remember to say congratulations to uh all the graduates to be we're we're basically one week away from high school graduation for all the locals including my middle child avery who um schedule wise she's done with classes and did not have any final exams to worry about so she's on easy street until uh prom night which i think is next thursday and then graduation on saturday for lockport so congrats to everybody so she slides out slides out of her high school experience uh on a high note yeah no extra stress right like you know you got the kids that uh get the enjoyment of that last day of class but then they might have an exam or two or three uh, and so just how it worked out for her, she just doesn't happen to have any exams during during these days. So that's great. Life good, is good, for her. good. Life is good. I would say, I, you know, I would say life is pretty good for her. <laughs> just, just sort of as an aside. Yeah, yeah she doesn't have to pay for anything yet. It's, 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 it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. All right. she, she's a great kid. All right, folks, you're listening to uh, S a Pro here in WLVL, 1340 AM, WLVL.com. If you miss any of the great programming in any of these Ask the Pro shows, go to WLVL.com, hit the podcast button, pick your show, pick your day, and it goes back for nearly a millennia. So you can get all of the great programming here anytime you'd like. So we're with Mr. Connor from Connor Wealth Management. He is located at 5860 Snyder Drive here in Lockport. And if you would like to have a consultation with him in his office, call 
1143. That's 439-1143 for Connor Wealth Management. Now, as far as our conversation goes here this morning at WLVL, you can call us at 433-1433. That's 433-1433. Let's hear what you have to say about the state of the economy, maybe some questions about your uh, assets or how you're going to get your retirements to be in a nice, healthy condition so that you can retire comfortably because that's what Mr. Connor does is he does wealth management. So, Eric, um, <clears throat> we're seeing the price of oil is down a little bit. Price of gas is up a little bit. We're seeing this. We're seeing that. Where do you want to start? Yeah, why don't we why don't we just touch on oil? We talked okay. you, you and I talked about it just ahead of the show, and I threw out a number, and then I was like, mm, maybe I need to check on that real quick. So, um, you know, the the uh, news update at the top of the hour pointed out that we've had uh, gasoline tick up just a teeny little bit, and I think it said five cents month over month, and that sort of struck me, and I said, oh, that's a, that's a little quirky i think uh i think oil's been down which you know handy dandy computer you pull it up you know you punch in you look for the right information pulls it up and you you can take a look so uh looking real quick back on monday oil was down to 66 dollars and 80 cents a barrel i i I thought it had been a smidge lower but 66.80 a barrel looks on the computer to be that that's the lowest we've been at for a little a good stretch of time now today uh since monday we're up about almost four dollars uh to seventy dollars and 67 cents now that little bit of variation is not any anything to get uh worked up about that it just moves around anyway you know day by day like that so that that four dollar amount is not any big deal from monday to friday but it's interesting because if we sort of know that oil's been down and trending lower for months, quite honestly, right? If we we know that it was well above 100 and now we're sitting here down at the $70 range. <clears throat> you start wondering, well, sort of how does that all play into the economy and, and what's it mean about all the numbers? And then you quickly can evolve into the fact that the Fed, the Federal Reserve, just met uh, this week and they made an announcement that they're not moving interest rates higher uh and you go okay well you know we've had inflation the inflation increases have been shrinking which i will say i talked about for months and months that just we're gonna see that rate of inflation that rate of increase get smaller because the year over year comparisons are getting tougher and so we get to the Federal Reserve meeting and they say, uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna do anything. We're not we're gonna pause, right? The the easy one word answer is we're gonna pause the rate increases. And you think, oh, the market should really, really like that news. And what happens on Wednesday when they make the announcement? Of course it goes down. Just right. right. Whatever you think is going to happen, that's not the way it plays out. And that's when you just shake your head and you go, well, I guess I don't know anything about anything. Right. Except then you wake up on Thursday, get into the office, look at the market, and now it's reacting the way you think it should. Had a nice day yesterday. It's up. Yeah. Because the whatever, right, the jolt of that afternoon announcement on Wednesday wasn't quite what they thought. But by they sleep on it and then go... Oh, you know what? After all, I do like that announcement. So sometimes you just shake your head and think, "What? What? What? 
what is this nonsense that goes on, right? Like up is down, down is up. So we've had we've had uh, a lessening of inflation pressure, and and really one of the ways to look at it kind of quickly is the price of oil. We can also think of it in in the supermarket when you know eight or ten months ago everyone was up in arms about the price of eggs, and I said, well, it's sort of a weird situation, but you know we'll get a new generation of chickens out there laying new eggs and everything will be fine and now we've got eggs at a much lower price and i think they're probably back down to exactly where they were before that whole right crazy avian flu whatever whatever happened and you know dollar yeah. 59 is that worth they're down <laughs> to there you yeah. go right so uh you know the typical behavior of all commodities almost every time is you will have a jolt that sends them higher, but eventually the market, and I don't mean the stock market, I mean like the capitalist market, okay. will come in and fill that supply, right? So when oil goes really, really high, of course it's annoying, it affects us, it makes us pay more for gasoline. And I sort of, me being me in this industry, I sort of shrug my shoulders and go, well, it won't last for long because they're going to go drill for oil and, you know, the price will come down because that's what it always does. And it does. It just always finds its way to come back down to what we would consider the more normal level. And in my head, I would think the lo- the low side is probably 60 bucks on a barrel of oil and we're sitting there right now at 70. And you go, well, you know, Russia's still fighting with Ukraine and you still have issues with Iranian uh, exports and, and, and sanctions and you go, okay, well, that's probably why it's 10 bucks more than the number that's sort of in my head of 60 bucks. Right. That's kind of the way it behaves. So just to rewind a second back over to the interest rate discussion, the other thing that was buried in that message of Wednesday or maybe not buried so much because Jerome Powell comes out and does a press conference about it. Um, But thankfully, most people don't waste their time listening to him drone on for 35 or 40 minutes or whatever it is, answering questions as uh, weirdly as possible at times. Oh, he's a strange dude. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, Greenspan uh, a couple decades ago was just the same way of just really not uh, giving you clear answers sometimes to what are relatively easy questions. But. Uh, the the Fed statement and Powell's talking uh, in the press conference after afterwards was that they uh, they think they're going to move rates higher two more times before year end because the job market still is so strong across the country. And I will just throw this out there as a total opinion and say I don't know how they move rates higher two more times. I really don't. They've already put so much stress onto the banking system that to move rates further and further, meaning the two more times, uh, I just don't think that's a great decision. And I'd be hard pressed to see that they really do that. Um, As you get into July and August and September, I think that you'll still have the rate of inflation coming down. And, um, you know, if it goes from 4.1 to 3.7 to 3.3, and their target is 2, which 
that's always kind of been their long-range target is 2%. Uh, but if inflation is just trending downward and trending downward, I can't imagine that they're going to find the their way to vote for two more rate increases. Maybe they find a way to vote for one more, but even that would be surprising to me. And and I think that would be a sign that the job market is just really, really, really staying tight. And I don't think it's quite as tight as it was. Uh, we're creating a good amount of jobs. We're getting some uh, increased labor force participation rate. You don't have companies talking so um, glaringly about their inability to hire. It seems to be lessening a little bit, mm-hmm. that that inability to find uh, qualified candidates or uh, enough applicants so that you don't have to just take the first person that walks through their door. Um, again, not talking locally, I'm talking within the whole country. So I, I, I don't know, man, I, I think they're going to have a tough time finding a way to raise rates two more times before year end. I sure hope so. (laughs) And, uh, you know, in the meantime, what, what it does for people is it allows them to make a little bit of interest on savings accounts and CDs and whatever else they might be owning. Um, and, and I'll say that that is a nice side benefit to all this goofiness and chaos that we've sort of lived over with the Fed moving rates higher. But um, I I think we're probably in for a time of a little more stability as it relates to those changes. And, you know, looking out into the future, eventually we might have a little weakness in the economy, right? A recession's got to come eventually. Everyone's been predicting it for I don't know, 18 months now at this point, and we still don't have it. But eventually it'll come, and then they'll have the ability to cut rates a little bit because that's that's how they fight uh, a recession is that they'll want to cut rates to – to put a little juice into the economy. Right. Well, you know, as America's credit card debt is going through the roof, you know, people are spending – they want to maintain their lifestyle on a devalued dollar. And so, you know (laughs) – Eighty dollars for two bags of groceries used to be fifty dollars for two bags of groceries. They want to maintain that lifestyle, and the the, the credit card debt is just going through the roof. So, even with you know the interest rates going up, you're winning a little bit in your savings. That doesn't compare to what you're losing on the offset on the what you're spending today. Does that is that make sense? It, it does. It becomes a it becomes a more challenging mm-hmm. part of the equation right. because like I throw this statistic around a lot with with people in my office when I'm when I'm sitting down talking and saying like look for a very long time half the country or more has no real savings. Right. And that was true at zero percent interest rates and that was true 20 years ago at higher rates and you've got two-thirds of the country uh i'm sorry two-thirds of the people when they're 65 years old have less than twenty-five thousand dollars saved for retirement two-thirds 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 of this country and again that number has been steady for quite a long time that's fairly alarming it's horrible it's absolutely horrible. So that becomes the challenging part that isn't related so much to investing and uh, sort of 
the topic of um, companies and revenue growth and and profit growth and 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 all that sort of thing, but it becomes a very difficult economic discussion of saying what would it take in this country to get those people to start uh, managing their finances better so that they start up they stop spending every dime they make and of course one part of that equation is how much do they make and the other part is how much do they spend i got a good idea but i would say hold it for one second but i would say again that problem has existed for a very long time and it's been true i mean i'm in my 28th year in this business and it's pretty much been true every year in those 28 years that we have a large segment of the population that is basically spending everything they make or in fact spending more More than they make and living off of the credit card which was your your point and me kind of expanding on that and saying like not only is it a problem but it's been a problem it's a problem Sort of, you could say it's a problem no matter what the interest rates are in this right. country. It's a problem no matter whether we're in a boom period or a recessionary period. It's always been a problem. Right, and that's not going to negate the consequences of it, Correct. regardless of the cause. Correct. So maybe the government should come in and make us get into a savings program. And that way, when we retire, there's money for us in the. Uh, well, wait a minute, they tried that, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, they took all the money and then they spent it. Yeah, never mind. It was yeah. just a thought. Little little bookkeeping entry on that whole so- yeah. social security trust fund. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, if 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 anyone ever remembers, uh, twenty three years ago, SNL would have a great skit making fun of Al Gore and his lockbox for social security because. What his proposal really was in in a nutshell, I mean, I won't dig into any nuts. I won't know the nuts and bolts. But what he wanted was he wanted legitimate money set aside that was not, in fact, getting spent. And what happens now is there's a bookkeeping entry. And when when Social Security has been overfunded year by year, the government for, I don't know, 35 36 years maybe, Mm -hmm. uh, basically says, oh, that overage, we're going to now show that as a smaller uh, budget deficit because it got overfunded. And then they put in a little fake IOU, right? Like it's not – it's sort of there, but it's not really there. And they say, okay, we we owe Social Security $400 billion for this year. And then the next year they say, well, we owe Social Security for $300 billion. But there isn't really any money in that account. It's just a big fat IOU right? from the federal government, which, I mean, I'm not saying that to be totally horrifying. We own the printing press, so the money will be there. We'll just make it show up out of thin air. That's, that's how that works. But there isn't any actual money in the Social Security Trust Fund. It's just really an accounting mechanism. 
So right. a Ponzi scheme, as it were. But uh, at any rate, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Ask the Pro here on WLVL. Our guest this morning is Eric Connor from Connor Wealth Management. And his office is located at 5860 Snyder Drive here in Lockport. And if you would like to have a consultation with him concerning your financial health, give him a call at 439-1143. That's 439-1143. And make sure that your retirement is heading in the direction that you need it to to stay healthy and to uh, be liquid. And in the meantime, you can call the station here because we are live and on the radio. And uh, be, be free, feel free to call us at 433-1433 and uh, air your questions, thoughts, concerns, uh, maybe some opinions on what's going on. And let's talk about your financial health to make sure you're where you need to be. And again, that's 433-1433 to talk to Mr. Eric Connor from Connor Wealth Management. All right, so what's the next on the list here, Mr. Connor? We've, there's so much going on, it's hard to prioritize what we want to talk about next yeah i guess we should uh, you know we can just sort of hit on the big general topic that that um it was back in october that the s&p hit its low uh from from the decline of last year we have not had a new low in that time period so now people will start seeing headlines uh occasionally on the uh, paper magazine computer television and it'll say things like NASDAQ's hit its highest level since last August, and then NASDAQ hit its highest level since last April, which, you know, those aren't all-time highs, but it shows that there's been a steady recovery from some of the decline of last year. And what I will sort of point out is it has not been very broad-based. It's been a lot of technology. Uh, names like NVIDIA have had a fantastic year. Uh, I want to say it's up like 190% year to date, which does not mean go and buy it because there's a whole lot of enthusiasm in there. And that's what pushed it to that level. And so you might want to wait and wait to see if there's a little bit of a correction there. Right. But the market has moved higher on those kind of names. So NVIDIA and Apple and Amazon and Google um, Microsoft hit a high too. Didn't Facebook, they? Was... which is now known known as Meta, and Microsoft, they've all recovered really, really well from their lows of last year. Mm-hmm. Some more than others. Again, with Nvidia, you know, just going s- semi crazy, which great for the clients that own Nvidia, right? Um, but w- where we're not seeing those kind of gains, we're not. We're not having an overly healthy, broad-based market in terms of, you know, we we talked about in March and April about the danger in the bank side where there was a lot of problems, um, where interest rates have been, have not been great for utility stocks. Uh, have, real estate has had a very challenging time. So there are sectors of the market that are not uh, recovering or not behaving quite as well as some of the headlines might have you believe. Um, I've been very concerned about the real estate side. Um, there's a lot of pockets to not like. Um, I have said, <laughs> going back to sort of the beginning of COVID, uh, I am not a fan of what office buildings look like. Uh, and I don't mean aesthetically. <laughs> right. If, if, 
you know, in 2019, if your mega building in, in New York City was valued at $2 billion because it was full of office tenants, I would not think that it's worth anywhere near $2 billion in 2023 because of the hybrid nature of the workforce that's come in. And so if a building that size has gone down in value, someone's going to feel that pain, whether it's a bondholder on the mortgage or a bank or an investment company or an insurance company somewhere there's going to be some pain felt. And we haven't really seen that yet in, in the financial sector. We've seen different headlines of buildings that have been sold at tremendously different prices. Um, just, I want to say it was two months ago, but it might not even have been that long ago. Uh, there was a building out in uh, California, either Oakland or San Francisco, very challenged on a mortgage basis and it was basically getting sold at like 10 cents on the dollar in an auction. Like just an incredible difference in, you know, three, four, five, six years. And that that concern is out there. And so um, when we look at the market and we talk about it broadly, yep, looks pretty good broadly, right? We're, we're healing in there. But a lot of that strength has been on the tech sector because that's where the growth in the world is. Um, and healthcare has done okay, but there's a lot of um, a lot of areas that are still a little bit challenged or a lot challenged. And I would put real estate and utilities and banks in there, uh, partially because of real, uh, the interest rate moves, but but then some of the underlying fundamentals of what business they're in. And again, if you're in an office building situation in a major city, yeah, hybrid. Hybrid workforce is not good for your building valuation. Right. You know, uh, and, and I know we talked about um, health now, the insurance, Highmark uh, up in Buffalo. They're, they're changing their office location. They're going to move into Seneca One Tower. They're decreasing their real estate that they're renting by 80%. They're not changing their headcount. They're not laying anybody off, but they're decreasing their square footage that they're going to use by 80% because most people are now working hybrid situations and they're not in the office 40 hours a week or more. They just don't need as much square footage. Sure. So that's a tremendous change to, uh, to, to what in the past has sort of been a money juggernaut, right? When you, when you think of some of the richest people in this country, they're real estate developers and an awful lot of them are on the office side and that would not be where I'd want to be putting my money right now. No. It's, 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 it's interesting. Uh, the productivity of people that are working from home is down slightly from when they're actually at work. But the offset of the cost of having them in the office versus having them at home is worth the loss of productivity. Yes, and and that productivity change is interesting when you look into the categories of things. If you differentiate, like sales from administrative tasks, right? right. If, if I had someone doing work in my office, um, but then wanted to go remote, they would not be as productive for me remotely because the nature of it would be more administrative. 
But if you're a straight-up salesperson and before you used to drive 45 minutes to get into your office and you'd make your calls and you'd leave for a lunch appointment and you'd, you know, spend an afternoon on a golf course, well, what's the difference to you? If you do that from home or your car or the local coffee shop, you hit your numbers, you hit your numbers. It it doesn't matter where you are. You're just saving 45-minute drive in the morning. Each way, yeah, 45 minutes each way. Sure. So the productivity is interesting because it it, on certain activities, there's no real Mm drop-off. It might actually be an incredible improvement in your quality of life. If, If you're able to do your job fully remotely, and main again on a sales position well maybe you can do it while you're in the cabin in the woods as opposed to the office in the city and boy you your your quality of life just went up an incredible amount you know maybe you go fishing <laughs> maybe you go fishing every morning instead of taking that commute into the city right like who knows but but yes, on on other tasks, uh, it's it's a real challenge. And I think I think when you see some of the information that Google and Amazon and someone else that I'm not remembering right now, um, where they are really starting to pressure certain job categories to come back into the office, Twitter. Uh, yes, Elon. Uh, although Elon, uh, his his argument is a little bit different. You know, I mean he. Well, he's he chopped like two thirds of the staff, and now and then he wants the the remaining people to not be remote. That I mean, that, I think that that one's a little trickier. Yeah, he's he's an interesting character. He is. Um, but I think what Google and Amazon have found is, for some of their workers, they can do some they can do work at home, but the moving projects forward faster is not happening very efficiently when it's fully remote. So I think that's where they're trying to find that fine line of how can we be flexible and have a workforce that is sort of hybrid in nature, but how can we also hit these targets and project move these projects forward and do it as quickly and as uh, uh, error-free as possible. And so I I think they're struggling. Some companies are struggling with getting their people back in the office for those sorts of reasons. It's, uh, it's definitely, uh, um, a challenge when they've, when so many of those workers have been able to now be home for two and a half or three years. Right. And now you want to pull them back in and try to get them in there for four days out of the week. And they're kind of saying, well, you know, I'll, I don't mind doing it for two days out of the week, right? And then it becomes like a an, like you're auctioning the time with each other. You know, you're bartering it back and forth. I'll give you two days. I want four days. So <laughs> let it begin. Yes. Yeah. So uh, you know, and then that always we can always weave that back to then how do we look at it for managing money and creating portfolios, and it becomes. Who's going to be more successful at it, right? Who's going to be able to keep their expenses down, but keep their revenue up how is it going to trickle down to profits compared to losses um and and so we are we're always throwing that into the equations that we use in terms of creating asset allocation decisions or um even when it's just is it time to sell and take some profits in a certain area um we're always trying to just absorb that information and, and push it down to the decision making that we that we do for for client portfolios. Good stuff. 
Well, if you've joined us late this morning, that's okay. You joined us, and we're happy that you did. You are listening to Eric Connor from Connor Wealth Management here in WLVL's Ask the Pro, 433-1433. You are more than welcome to join the conversation, ask questions, make comments. Uh, let's get your point of view on what's going on here in the world. And, of course, if you would like to have a conversation with Mr. Connor. And his office, he is located at 5860 Snyder Drive here in Lockport. And his office phone number is 439-1143 for a consultation there, 439-1143. And again, he is located at 5860 Snyder Drive. So if you would like to contact us now, though, and just talk with us, chew the fat, tell us what you think is going on, 433-1433. That's 433 433- one four three three here at WLVL thirteen forty AM and WLVL dot com streaming live. And of course if you missed any of the conversation, just go to WLVL dot com and you will find every show that's ever been done right there. Super simple to operate, user friendly, life is good. <laughs> that's right. And thanks to Frank Miller for for r- running that uh, continuous update onto the website for us because yes. that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, he is a he is our in-house resident genius that <laughs> works from home <laughs> most of the time. Most of the but time, I, yeah. But I did get to you know just as yeah. an aside to the listeners. <laughs> yeah, Frank's usually able to do that from home, but he was here today, and I said, "Hey, haven't seen you in a while," and he's like, "Yeah, I'm getting that a lot today." Yeah, yeah, and he's very efficient at what he does. Absolutely, at home or here, and so. that's it. And it's a perfect uh, example of s- some jobs can absolutely be handled remotely, right? Yep. He's he's working on tech as long as he's got the connection and can see the files uh, that are processed here. He yep. doesn't need to walk in here and process those files. He can do them remotely. That's right. And that's the way it is all around this country at this point, right? As long mm-hmm. as those connections are up, um, uh, a tremendous amount of work uh, does not need to happen in the office, which uh, yeah. I deal with it when uh, for Commonwealth Financial Network, when I am calling in for assistance on a certain topic, um, often when it relates to technology and I get connected to one of our techs, they're at home. And they log in and do what they need to do. And if they can make the connection to my computer remotely, it's real quick. It's real painless for me. Sit there, chat with them on the phone while they run their magic their for thing. me. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And and so they're not having to get pulled into the office the way they used to. It's a tremendous change, right? Like every industry's in been impacted by it. And, um, you know, that idea of like, are you going to go back to the way it was? Uh, the short answer is going to no. be no. No, we're not. The, you're 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 just not rewinding time like that, and so um, really interesting. And and you see it even in terms of companies' um, stock prices, right? Like we in during the COVID lockdowns, you had a company named DocuSign have a tremendous increase in their stock price because people got to where they were almost instantly needing to sign documents electronically instead of on, you know, holding a pen in their hand in an office. And so DocuSign went very, very high, very quickly. And in the last, I'll just say broadly, two years, they have steadily had all that air come out of that balloon. 
it's not a function that their company has real problems, but there was an actual euphoria over the enthusiasm to it. Right. And we saw that with Zoom, right? Everyone suddenly was doing remote meetings with Zoom. They went, I don't even remember quite how high it was, hundreds of dollars per share. And uh, not yeah, so much right no, now. No, no. But again, not a sign that the company doesn't exist or that they're going to go bust. But the enthusiasm of that pushed the share price that high, once that subsides, you will eventually find a more reasonable level and you'll get based on what are your earnings, what are your real forecast of revenue growth and, and, and profit growth into the future. And sometimes that euphoria can last a long time, right? If we think back to the internet boom and then bust in the late 90s. Um, and then there's other times where it's much quicker. And COVID was one of those times where things like Adobe and DocuSign and Zoom had a tremendous increase and then it, and then it had their pullback. And um, Adobe pops into my head because they did just release earnings last night. And the stock's, you know, sort of a mixed bag in, in when you just look at it in any sort of smaller time period. But over a longer time period, Adobe has done just a fantastic job at growing their business. Mm -hmm. And almost anyone who uses a computer knows them because when you open up a PDF file, that's Adobe Acrobat, right? A, right? Adobe Acrobat Reader is what it used to be called. And for the average person here listening, we never paid them anything. And you sort of think, well, geez, how do they do so well? But it's the businesses that are creating those PDFs and needing to modify those PDFs and then design work. Um, they, they have a couple of really interesting uh, picture uh, programs for uh, photos. And um, they've just done a great job ex at expanding their business over time. And I would probably say that, you know, Microsoft or somebody else probably looks back at the idea that they could have bought them. 10, 15, 20 years ago, tremendously cheaper than it is today. And they probably have a lot of regret. Um, probably from an antitrust perspective, Microsoft never would have gotten approved, uh, approved for it um, for, from a monopoly perspective. So maybe they never pursued it, but really a great, uh, a great company over time. But during COVID, they really had a lot of enthusiasm in that stock price, and then it's faded out, and now it's recovered some. But just mentioning it, just sort of meandering through those thoughts of, uh, you know, sort of seeing the boom and bust idea of, of modifying at-home work versus in-the-office work and how does it relate into these stock prices. You know, you can we can grab examples all the time of sort of things that are more temporary. Right. And there's a reason that the enthusiasm was there, but does it sustain itself? And in the case of some of these um, uh, technology uses, it's not that Zoom was a bad product. It's not that Zoom is totally out of favor. But you know what's happened? Microsoft created a new product called Teams. It's integrated into their office program. And it's no added cost. And so Zoom 
on, on, a, on a personal basis, people will often just use FaceTime if they're using Apple phones or they'll do something on Google. Um, but on a business standpoint, Zoom was the choice initially. But, you know, if everything's integrated into the Microsoft Office suite and you're using Outlook for email and you're using Word and Excel and you can just go click a button and invite someone to a Teams meeting, uh, that's going to be a bit of a challenge for Zoom it to is. sort of maintain that momentum. Um, and there again, pluses and minuses to everything. There'd be reasons that companies will stay with Zoom. And, and again, they've got legit revenue and all that. It's not like it's um, all a pipe dream. But you can see sometimes where some of that decline in stock price becomes warranted because new competition creeps up around them. Right. And so if on day one, it sort of looked like Zoom could have this incredible market all to themselves and now competition comes in and you go, oh, well, they're not going to get all of that revenue. Microsoft's going to get a piece of it and Google's going to get a piece of it. And Cisco, a longtime technology company, Cisco owns WebEx, which a lot of people that do have sat through webinars over the years, they know WebEx. And you go, okay, well, Zoom isn't getting everything because they have plenty of viable competitors. And Microsoft is going to give you a decent product and Cisco is going to give you a decent product and on and on and on. Right. Well, there's a reason they're at the, they're at the top because they're good at it. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and the consumer has expectations now. That's right. As well as businesses. You know, That's right. The business expectation is 100%, 100% of the time. Yeah. Yeah, so, and I've used both. Just right. not not maybe that the listeners don't care in this way, but I've used both Zoom and and Microsoft Teams. Uh, Teams is interesting, right? It's integrated into again, it's integrated like into Outlook. If you want to invite someone to a Teams meeting, it goes pretty quick. Uh, but quite honestly, most of the time, the uh, image quality is not quite as good as a Zoom meeting, right? And I don't really know why, right? I'm not much. I'm not that much of a tech person to understand why, but one of the most common comments uh, that are out there is that, well, it looks a little grainy, right? It doesn't look as crystal clear. And if you're using the same camera and Zoom looks better than Teams, well, depending on what your needs are, you might say, I don't care that Teams is integrated. I'm going to keep using Zoom right? because it looks better. Better better software. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Because optics are important. Yeah, if you're if you're have there's a reason people went from just doing uh, teleconferences on a phone to uh, video conferences, right? And, right? and if you don't care what it looks like, I guess you would just do the telephone. Go back to the phone. That's right. <laughs> you would just do the telephone. If you're doing big dollar deals, appearances are important. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Even if it's uh, you know the make believe of like business on top and pajamas on the bottom, depending on who's doing. Who's doing what, you know, or you're sitting there with your fuzzy slippers on under the desk. But, you know, as long as you look professional where the camera is, I guess that's the part that matters. I always think of uh, television news like that. The idea of the person in the jacket and tie and then they stand up and they got swim trunks on or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You give the appearance you need to give. That's right. That's right. And it's funny when you see it and they get caught. (laughs) Interesting stuff. Yeah. You know, it's a life is, is crazy. All right. So we got about four minutes left here before we have to call it a day. Three minutes. What's the next thing we need to talk about? The, the, you know, talking about the banks coming back after that Silicon Valley 
fiasco. That's uh, kind of repaired itself, right? It's patched itself. And- yeah, yeah. Well, you can the uh, the Fed gives some details over time. It looks. Oh, we got a call. Okay, great. Good morning, caller. You are on with Eric Connor and Ask the Pro. How are you this morning? Okay, good morning. Um, <laughs> I thought I was calling on a boat motor. Uh, <laughs> no, radio. that that show was over uh, an hour ago. Okay, well, nine fifteen. This must have been the W. The, this is the WLVL number. Okay, it is. You got it. Okay, I'm sorry. No worries. All right, have a good weekend. Okay, well. So the one thing I got to throw out there, uh, just so people know, uh, Monday is an off day in the market. Um, we we uh, the last couple of years we have Juneteenth off because it is a federal holiday, and so the stock market uh, I, I will say is sort of selective in some of the things that they choose to do i'm not trying to throw a stone completely their way but if they can find a way to take a day off in warmer weather i guess they will do it so monday is the juneteenth um date i think it's always going to run on a monday in terms of when it's celebrated um that way workers get a long weekend um so the market is closed. So we've got today, and, uh, you know, the Dow's up a little, S&P's up a little, and the Nasdaq's down just a fraction right now. But just mentioning it because um, it, it's sort of not – people aren't used to that being a, a, a closed market day yet. So Monday is it, and then the market – so the market will be open on Tuesday for normal business. That's all fine. So just kind of wanted to throw that out there. Um and what else do we have to say? Yeah, I think we've had an interesting little run. I think uh, the headline I saw this morning is that the markets are looking for, like, depending on the index, four or five straight weeks higher. Some not very much higher, but but higher. Higher nonetheless, yes. And um, I would sort of say I'm a bit of a believer in the summer doldrums, so I would put it out there that because we've had such a decent run, again, it's not very diverse. It's been more in the technology side than elsewhere. But don't be surprised if we start seeing a little bit of pullback just because, right, you you can't go up every single day. You don't grow straight to the moon. Um, so don't be surprised if as we move into july or july and august put together that we might have a little bit of weakness and maybe it's you know five percent or something to the downside but i would say don't don't be surprised and don't get overly excited about it right nothing to it 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 does not mean sometimes those declines don't mean anything right it's cyclic right that's right that's right just variable all the way so uh happy father's day to all the fathers out there Congrats to all the graduates because I won't be on before they actually graduate. So congrats to everyone graduating high school. Good job. Good luck in your future. And uh, I'll see you in a couple weeks. All right. Thank you so much, Eric Connor from Connor Wealth Management. He is located at 5860 Snyder Drive. And if you'd like to have a consultation with him, give his office a call at 439-1143. That's 439-1143. So until next time, Mr. Connor... Have a glorious day and happy Father's Day to you, sir. Thank you.